Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. Jesus, let's give Jesus a big hand now. Hallelujah. Thank you, Pastor Willie and um, Sam and all of the um, leaders here and all of the saints. It's good to see a lot of familiar faces. Um, good to be here at Cornerstone. God bless you guys. God bless everyone. Um, I'm glad to be here. Um, excited about um, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and what he's been doing. So, um, you know, I was listening. We were doing a praise and worship, and I'm listening to the praise and worship, and we enjoyed it and everything. Everything is about testimony and um, the, the grace of God and being transformed. And I'm like, song after song, I'm like, wow, Lord, you trying to say something? <laughs> you want me to share my testimony? And so uh, we all have a testimony. Hallelujah. If, if, if you're born again, you've been transformed by the blood of Jesus Christ. Each one of us have a testimony. And um, every testimony is different uh, because we are all different. And God loves us all the same. And God is a God of um, um, variety and just color and just, oh, he's just all, awesome, altogether lovely. And, and all of us have an individual testimony of how we were born again. And as the song says, each one of us, as we share, step out. Now, of course, the enemy don't want us to open our mouths and share that testimony. But the Holy Spirit empowers us to share that testimony. And as we share that testimony about Jesus and being transformed, that's how we overcome through the blood being applied to your and my life. In Jesus' name, you believe that? Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. So with that in mind, um, I, I guess I'll just share my testimony. <laughs> Start. I'll share with that, Lord willing. I'll share with my testimony. Then I'll share with um, about some things that the Holy Spirit has been doing here in Lynchburg. And then I will share what he's calling for uh, in the future to come. So all of that is. Uh, but let me start with the past of what happened in my past. My testimony, um, I, I'm just, I still have that in me, Pastor, that, I, I, I mean, I don't want to be religious, but I know I don't deserve any of God's, but none of us deserve it. Um, but um, I just feel some kind of way when I talk about my testimony because, oh, well, here it is. <laughs> I wasn't, I was in college and this is what i share i share this testimony in the schools and with the on the field with the football team i've shared this testimony in church i've shared this testimony in prisons in pennsylvania and in schools on the football field and um this is a testimony about how jesus can transform a life and um um i want what I would like the audience to see when I share my testimonies, I'm about to start in a minute. I would like people to see that there is a real man up there. 
There is not a smoke screen up there. It's not a faith in faith like uh, you pull a curtain back and ta-da, there's no one there. No, 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 no. We're talking about a real flesh and bone person that ascended and went up there. Just because we cannot see him does not mean that he's not there. If you believe that, say amen. Amen. This is what we want to talk about. And this man, his name is Jesus. And this Jesus, just because you can't see him with the natural eye and a lot of things is going on on the earth, good and bad, some deceiving, some false, you know, it's false in everything. There's false police, false doctors, false Christians, false preachers. But the thing about the encouragement is this. If we understand the false is just a uh, sign that the true exists. So don't worry so much about false this, false that. When you see false, just say, just look and recognize and then start looking around for the true one. If there's a false police, you can best believe there's a true one. If there's a bad doctor, you can best believe there's a good one. If there's a false preacher, you can best believe there's a good one. So all we need to do is recognize and then just look for the good one and just follow that one. There you go. Amen. Amen. That's so, don't worry about the false, but um, it does bring a lot of confusion and a lot of people's attention and eyes somehow stay here on earth and see what's going on. But I want, I, and I want, I'm one of them as well. I'm just like everybody else. But I can say, what I'm, as I'm about to begin, I, I still, I, I can't believe, guys, I'm about to share my testimony, but I underestimated Jesus Christ. I thought it was just a religion. So, here we go. When I was younger, I grew up in Erie, Pennsylvania. And by the way, my wife, Mallory, sends her love. And she says the pastor and all of you that know her, Mallory Smith, I talk to her every night. And um, But that's another story that I don't have time to get into right now. But um, the testimony. I was a young man in going to college, and I was 22, going on 23. Um, I'm from up north. I'm born and raised in Erie, Pennsylvania, and uh, um, I went to school in New York, um, went to school, basketball scholarship, and um, went to junior college, then I went to a state college. Long story short, I um, ended up, met, had a college girlfriend when I was younger. I didn't have any religion Christian or anything. I just grew up in the projects. Okay, I'm just a regular guy. There's nothing special at all. Um, But um, um, moved to, end up moving to Brooklyn, New York City. Big city. I don't know if anybody know anything about Brooklyn or a big city like that. Um, Bedford-Stuyvesant, the section I was, did your hand go up? You know Brooklyn. Amen. We got a Brooklyn here. Amen. Amen. I was living in Bedford-Stuyvesant. He already know. Amen. There's one back there. Hallelujah. Um, but um, when I got there, I started getting into, I'm just, I'm, can I be, just be candid this morning? I just want to be raw and real as possible. Um, I, got, I was back in the days in the 80s, um, and 
when I was a young man, um, I got into the Islam and Muslim and Farrakhan, and um, and I was with the music back then with um, P.E. and Chuck D. Fight the power, yeah, fight the power, you know. And I was <laughs> college guy, you know, young and and down with the times and the movement. Come on, get involved, you know that type of thing. So I was wrong, but anyway, we'll get to that. So. That's where I was, and it's a real thing. And um, um, one morning, let's just say, I was in Muslim for my maybe, maybe three and a half, um, almost four years. Um, not, I guess that's long, but not that long. Um, I didn't come from a Muslim background. My parents wasn't Muslim. I'm not from the Middle East. It was the, the Islam part of the, the black Muslim, African-American, so... That's, you know, people ask me that. No, I wasn't like that. So anyway, one Saturday morning, guys, here we go. Let me tell a story, all right? Let's get into the story. I just got up, and you guys got to understand, Brooklyn, we got a Brooklyn back Brooklyn and New York City is, and back in my days, I, I haven't been in a long time, but that's a lively place, very exciting, a lively place. People everywhere, cars bumper to bumper, people shopping on both sides of the street, and, you know, I, young man, I jump up on Saturday. I'm, you know, I want to see what's going on. I was, so I'm walking down the street. How you doing, brother? Hey, how you doing? Hey, how, how, how are you? You know, just, you know, full of life, just having a good time, right? Walking down the streets. And while I'm walking down, this is a true story. This is no fabrication. Hallelujah. Walking down the street. I mean, I'm humbled and excited to share it. Walking down the street, I am, I was, I had, I stumbled across this. I was looking while I was walking, and of course, play basketball taller so I can see the heads in front, and I can see people bowing around like they walking around something, you know, and peak cars, bump, 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 people hustling, bustle, you know, that type of thing, and so I'm walking, hey, how you doing that? But I noticed they're going around, so what's going on? My mind is going while I'm walking. What are they doing up here? And so, of course, I start thinking of things that's going on. Um, somebody, okay, they knocked over a fruit stand or something, and they were walking around. Oh, then you think, well, this is New York. It's probably a chalk line, police line around it. Something probably happened Friday night. I don't know, but the closer I get, I hear like someone is screaming. I'm like, who's screaming down here? Now, what is going on, you know? And then the closer I get down there, I see a guy. I see two women behind him. He got a speaker system, a microphone. Jesus Christ is Lord. And he's pre a preacher in Bedford Stuyvesant. I've I never seen a preacher in Bedford Stuyvesant on a street corner. He was out there preaching. The blood of Jesus. Jesus died. He was buried. He rest. I mean, the simple gospel message. Hallelujah. And now you got to understand, this is what happened. This is how I reacted because of what, what, I, was, because what I was involved in and what you were involved in becomes in you. Amen. So I was involved in it. So I'm walking down the street and I'm putting the brakes on. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa, young man, invincible. I was bigger than this. You know, I've lost weight, but I was, you know, had muscles and, you know, they, they do a lot of this nowadays. Back then when I was coming up, we knuckled up. I didn't like what this guy was doing. 
I had I had a posse, homeboys. I had all of that. And I said, this is not right. I have a confession to make, ladies and gentlemen. Please be patient with me. I thought that Christianity, I was convinced it's a white man religion. And it's used to control minorities. We must not have it. Cannot be here in Bedford-Stuyvesant in Brooklyn. So this guy, even though he was a black guy, <laughs> go figure, right? He was, <laughs> he was a black guy, right? But still, you know what? I just calculated already while I'm thinking. I said, you know what? He's just a confused uh, Nubian brother, you know. And while he was preaching, I was just young and invincible. And I said, I must get this guy to stop. He must drop that mic and get off our corner. Radical for the people. You know, remember, fight the power. You remember, right? <laughs> right. Okay. So uh, <laughs> I'm going down and I'm thinking of ways. I'm like, this is just a no-no because, oh, he's confusing, contaminating the minds of the people. You know, in Beverly Stuyvesant, you know, you Beverly Stuyvesant, a lot of African-Americans, a lot of West Indies, a lot of Africans. It's just, you know, the Harlem of Brooklyn. Am I right? Amen. Say amen if you, if you believe. Yeah, yeah, come on. Talk, work with me here, brother. <laughs> Put him on the spot. <laughs> right? God bless you. God bless you. So, um... So while he was preaching, I was determined. And, you know, now that I think about it, I thought I was doing good. Wow. Let's get crazier and crazier the more I think about it now. Um, but every time I testify something, I remember something, <laughs> you know. So I'm, I'm going down the road, and he's preaching. Now, he's pre- facing this way. And what I do, people are, have been shopping they literally have bags. Some have kids. You know, and they had stopped shopping and listening to him. But he was preaching, animated guy, right? And I'm like, wow. You know, this guy is so, I was bold in what I believe. And I said, he have to stop. I jumped in front of the preacher and the people, you know, to try to, you know, disrupt everything. And I said, I said, let me get it. I said, hold it, hold it. I said, ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, over here we have a confused Nubian brother. He don't know what he's talking about. That's the wrong message. He's contaminating, blinding your eyes and contaminating everybody. And yeah, I did. I don't, they said, wow, yeah, but I did. And this is what they did. The crowd, they had their bags and everything. They looked at me for a hot second, and then they went like this. They went right back to the preacher. I was like, oh, oh, they're not even listening. I was like, oh, so now I'm determined. Now I'm angry. Now I'm, oh, I'm upset, right? I mean, he going to drop this mic. I resolve in my mind. I walk around. I, 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 I look at everything from every angle, and I'm decided in my mind, getting worked up. Back then, what we did was, well, we don't like somebody or somebody don't like us. We didn't shoot, but we knuckle up. Everybody know what that means. You knuckle up, the last man standing, you the winner, period. That's how it goes. That's how it goes, right? And so um, I determined in my mind, I'm going to go knock him out. Uh, He's going to drop the mic. I'm, I'm going to knock him out. That's just it. I'm just going to, he's going to drop the mic, and all these people are going to leave this area. What are you guys doing? And so 
Um, not fairy tale, real story. Hallelujah. So I made my mind up, got myself worked up enough, and I'm heading for him straight. Boop, he's going to drop that mic. God is my witness. I'm heading towards that way. I got 15 feet in front of this guy. All of a sudden, I can only say it seemed like liquid love came down from above and landed on me, stopped me in my tracks. Fat tears came out of, I didn't even want to cry. I can't explain it. Fat tears gushed out of my eyes, came down to dripping down here. The fight drained out of me like Drano. And I was stood there. It seemed like time stopped. I was standing there like, whoa, what is this? It felt like someone poured a barrel of water all over my body, but I didn't have any physical water on me. Can you explain this? Can you explain this to me? What is this? And I'm standing there, <gasps> shocked. He just killed me. The blood of Jesus healed. You know, I'm like, what? I, feel, every, I was like, every, I stopped everything. Every, you know, I was just so shocked. I just crying. I just, I had to get myself together, dry my eyes. I put it in reverse and kindly just kind of backed off and backed away. And I went home as quick as I can. And I was just left. I did. This is happening to me. Walking home and it was, was still on me. What is this? What is this? What is this? I don't know. I never heard of this. I never felt this. I never. What is the? Why? It's a wonderful thing. Don't get me long. Don't get me wrong, because I didn't know it was the love. I, now I didn't want it to stop. Don't get me wrong, but I just didn't know what it was. Like wow, you know. I went home. I got on my knees. I didn't want any phone calls. I didn't want any company or anything. Went in the bathroom. Just closed the door. Got on the bathtub and cried. I didn't know the Christian prayer or what to say to God. I just had a strong desire in me. And it just came out. I started getting frustrated again. I started crying on my knees. And it just came out like this. I just was, I, you know, just be real with God. And I started crying. That man down there said, you must be born again. I said, please let me be born again. <laughs> I did. I did. I really did. And I was praying. I didn't know how, you know, the Christian prayer. And um, um, that was Saturday. Sunday, I said, I had resolved in my mind I'm not going to a Christian church. Sunday, I felt him talking to me about just that, going to a Christian church. Never say what you're not going to do, right? <laughs> I went to a Christian church. <laughs> went to a Christian church. Be honest, just like any other human, I still had skepticism, cynicism. I was doubtful. I went in there. It was a big church in Brooklyn, Marcy at Fulton and Marcy. We got a witness over here, all right? And um, I sat in the back like everybody else, but I sat back there like just the arms folded. I'm here, okay, I'm here, you know. Big Bishop came up, started preaching, 
power, I didn't know back then. I just said, ooh, a, 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 a wonderful presence came in. And long story short, he had altar call. People went forward. I, I said, I want to go forward. I want that. And they said, you know, come forward. I went forward. I gave my life to Jesus Christ of Nazareth at the altar. And they was a church. I'd never been to a church like this. Uh, and um, then I'd never been to a church like this since. They were ready for people to come in. I don't understand. It was a big church. They were prepared for people to be water baptized on the spot. I guess people were getting saved in their lives. So they had white garments ready, slippers, towels, the water baptism, Sunday morning. I got baptized on Sunday morning. As soon as I got saved, I got water baptized. Who does that? Wow. And so, but, you know, it was a gentleman. I'll never, I'll never forget him. It was a young gentleman, young man. It was a very respectful gentleman. had the light blue suit on. I, I, picked, I remember everything, right? And he was just very nice, and he was talking to me. He, like, came to me and walked me through everything and showed me openness. He didn't try to tell me. He just showed me the scriptures and read what Jesus said. He that believed it in his baptized, brother. And because of what happened outside on the streets, whatever they said to me, I was so humbled. I just did like, there was no argument. I just did like this. They said, you need to be baptized. I said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's all I said. Yeah. And they said, there's a men's room upstairs. We have towels. We got slippers. We have everything, you know. And I just went up and did it. I went, got in a long line. It was a lot of people getting baptized, telling you the honest to God truth. Got water baptized. I remember going down, coming up, getting out. Phew, the towel hit me, and because uh, it's a long line, you got to keep it going, keep it moving. You know, don't stand around looking around, brother. Let's go, keep the line moving. You know? <laughs> so, the towel and everything. I'm drying off. Like, wow, am I really doing this? Like, wow, you know. And so, after I got dressed, came back. I was heading downstairs. The young man, Ron, Ron Williams. Is his name Ron? Very distinct. He came up to me again, and he started talking to me about the promise of God. He started talking to me about Luke, about um, go before you go out, go in Jerusalem and wait until you be endued with power from on high. And he was talking about we we also have upstairs in the room in this room such and such two or something. We have a, a group of people that's in there, and they're going to pray and believe in God to receive the promise of the baptism of the Holy Spirit. Show me in red in scriptures. I couldn't deny it. I just said, yes, sir. Yes, sir. That's all. <laughs> that's all I said. I was just so humble because what happened outside? I, under, I didn't know Jesus was real. I was like, Whoa. So, I, you know, I just said, yes, sir, and I'm going to tell this, this testimony. I went in the room. I got dressed, went in the room, and they had chairs in a circle. For whatever reason, I don't know. I just sat in one of them and sat in one of them. And, and Ron Williams, I remember him, soft-spoken guy. He came in, and he just encouraged everybody was in the circle, in the circle of those chairs. He just pretty much said, ladies and gentlemen, what I want you to do, we believe in God. This is just a, a, a group of people that desire the baptism of the Holy Spirit, hungry for the baptism of the Holy Spirit, and believe God can give them the baptism. They can receive it, but these are people up here. He said, I just want to give you one last instruction and encourage you. He said, be careful of your mind, your thoughts, 
your mind will try to take you over there and over here and just reel your mind in and your thoughts stay focused on Jesus Christ by faith because he's the one going to send the baptism down and you receive so so bring your minds in is what basically that's all he said and then he closed and then we start praying well, they started praying. I, I was just there like, uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, so they start, And then, just like I walked in this morning, they were praying. I walked right in, they're praying. And, and then while they were praying, they said, you Richard? Yeah, they, let's pray over Richard. Said, said, Your mother is <laughs> a prayer warrior. So they start praying over me. But, but the women, it was the women up there. The women start praying. Oh, God, and everybody started praying, right? And I was just following them. Yeah, yes, yes, Lord, yes, Lord. I was, I didn't know, you know, I was just following along, right? But the women started praying to the point, ladies and gentlemen, it was got so real because it seemed like it went in levels because we was there for a while. And it got so real to me, I'll never forget. I actually thought that the late, one lady was talking to somebody face to face. You know, she was, she got real with she, but now wait a minute, now you promise, you remember what you said, and you, and you know, it was, I almost opened my eyes, like, who is she talking to, you know, like, wow, you know, that she was deep in prayer with God, she was deep one-on-one, she was in prayer with God, all of a sudden, this is uh, um, exactly what happened, while we were praying, and I was in there praying, uh, my eyes was closed, and I was praying with God. But like, if I close my eyes right here, even in, with my eyes closed, I can still see the the shadow of the the design of this building, even with my eyes closed. The corners, the wall, right? And with my eye, while my eyes was closed, and the prayer climax got to a climax, and everybody was loud. It was verbal in their prayers, and then every it got kind of together. Everybody was all praying together, and the climax. All of a sudden, only way I can describe it is I saw inside me the 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 the, the structure the the outline of the building and outside of that it's like i saw it was tra- everything was transparent and i saw like only thing i can des- describe it is have you ever seen like a, a bunch of black tires at a junkyard or something they for some reason get set on fire you know how that black smoke billows roll up into the sky well this wasn't black smoke it was transparent looking smoke or something rolling and everything was there was no walls or nothing physical it was all transparent rolling billows coming towards the building from the outside inside i was seeing this while we were praying and it was climaxing and this was going on and i'm praying like wow it was rolling in and coming right through the building because it's transparent and hover right over the the circle of us praying all of a sudden ladies and gentlemen the i seen from that hoovering fire came down and touched that first lady and came down and she screamed ah! and started speaking in tongues she screamed and spoke in tongues the next one next to her screamed spoke in tongues the next one screamed it was coming around the circle i felt waves of power coming around towards me the next person next to me screamed and started speaking in tongues my hands went up ladies and gentlemen i screamed i opened my mouth and i mean 
fire, the Holy Spirit fire, not real fire, but passion, Holy Spirit fire, touched me from the top of my head and came and coursed down and was going in and out of me. And my, my hands was up, my face was up. I was speaking in tongues because of that was coursing through me. If I can explain it in the natural, if you go outside and touch one of those live wires, you're going to hear a sound. Amen. You're going to hear something. You touch one of those wires, I guarantee you you're going to hear something. And that's how it is spiritually. Now, naturally, you know, we die from that. But this is a good power. <laughs> All right? This power makes you live, not die. Can you say amen? Amen. This power makes you live, not die. And I was baptized with the Holy Spirit. I was speaking in tongues. It's not the tongues. It's the power that had my attention, and I wanted more. I just, I just didn't want it to stop. I was just speaking in tongues. My hand was up. My face was up. Everybody, I closed everything out. It was just me and him one-on-one. I didn't care about anything in the world that was going on at this time. And I was just enjoying it, enjoying it. And I seen inside of me. When I was coming down, I seen inside of me coals, like on a grill, uh, coals, and there was still fire coming off. There was red, orange, yellow, and fire was coming up. But the coals was in the shape of L with fire, red, orange coals, O, V, E. That's what was in me, and I was looking at it. I don't know, God deals with, deals with me with pictures, on the inside, I see things like pictures, and I've seen love, and it was it was a, a fire burning cold, and it was pulsating like whoom, 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 you know, on the inside, and I was just enjoying what was happening to me, enjoying what what I was seeing and watching, the love with fire coming out. Right, and next thing I know, when it came, when I came all the way down, I came to, I opened my eyes, looked around. That young man that was helping me, Ron Williams, he was over there. He had his hand on. He had been there for a long time. He looked at me like this. He said. He said, young man, God was dealing with you for a long time. He said, everybody's gone. Church is over. We got to go, son. We got to go home. I didn't know I, I didn't know it was that long. I didn't even realize. I was just enjoying it. And everybody, the whole church was empty. I staggered home. And the spirit staggered home. Did not know Jesus was real like that. But I'm here to say no matter what nobody say, false truth or nothing, whatever, it doesn't matter. With that word that the Bible says that Jesus is on the right-hand side of the Father, it's real. It's real. Just because you can't see him, that doesn't mean he's not there. How many have cell phones? Where's my cell phone? If you have a cell phone, hold it up. Okay. I'm, I just want to see. Okay, you can put them away because I'm going to test you and... He's saying to me, not now, but I'm going to test you in a minute. So let me tell you afterwards, all right, I'm going to test you with the cell phone. And it's have to do with Jesus being real up there on the right-hand side of the Father, using technology to give an example. But I mean, now, that's, so that's my testimony. It's been years. I haven't been a perfect Christian, no. Um, I, I, I was transformed, but still, 
I struggled and and I wasn't the best Christian and still not I'm not don't claim to be now, have not arrived, but I'm born again. I'm <laughs> I'm born again. And so over the years, guys, that was like that was thirty years ago. I'm you know, growing now in grace. Um, but um now it's been a long time. But over the years, I can actually say and look back on my life, I can see doors begin to open up. And I have um, shared this testimony in the churches I was at from Brooklyn, um, moved back to Erie, Pennsylvania, um, went into um, uh, prisons. I was going there for four years straight, sharing, seeing a lot of people get saved. People tried to mock me and said, Richard, this is not real. It's just jailhouse religion. And I got sad and mad and started crying and prayed to the Lord. The Lord said, I'll show you something the next week you go out there. Went out there, two of the guards got saved, and then they came to our church. And the Holy Spirit said, now, do you think it's fake jailhouse religion now? I said, "Uh uh-uh, this is real. (laughs) The guards getting saved and coming with plain clothes to your church sought us out to find us. Hallelujah. Jesus is not me, but Jesus is real. Hallelujah. So, you know, from there, they asked me to go overseas. I started hooking up with evangelists, and I went over to Europe, um, um, Bucharest a couple of times, and um, then I moved down to Virginia, and so, and I've been down here for like, just like 20 years I've been down here. And so, I mean, it's over the years, and I've been working in schools and working with kids a lot. And so, um, you know, things just progress, and we have to wait on the Lord. Of course, I want, and we want God to do everything right now. But like he is, you know, listening and following us, like we're the God, and he's, you know, I learned a long time ago, still learning, it doesn't work like that. We have to wait for him and listen to him. It's his agenda. It's his timing. It's his will, not our will. Amen. And we must do and learn to do his will. And so over the years, you know, um, I've seen God open doors. Um, And so I've been working in the school system. And let me tell you what's going on here in Virginia now. Um, Fast forward up to today. I've been here, like I said, going on 20 years. It's almost 20, 19 years and almost 20. But as I work in the school, you know, down to earth with people and, you know, working your job. I got married, found my wife down here. Mallory, you guys know Mallory. A lot of you guys know her. So, and um, settled down and just, you know, try to live our life as Christians best we can. And we're blessed people, by the way. In this world, this fallen world with debauchery and depravity, we, the saints, are like the stars in the heavens. The, if you look up at night, you see the bright stars, but everything um, um, in the background is pitch black. And if, it, if the stars wasn't there, everything would be pitch black. Thank God for the stars. The Christians are in this world like the stars. You are the light of the world. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. You are. Hallelujah. And you have a testimony. And when you, I'm just a, 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 a piece of evidence from Jesus Christ. 
when you share your testimony, that star gets brighter in a dark world. So Jesus, and I want to encourage you, when you out in the community, tell people, don't be ashamed. Just tell people, hey, you have a minute? Let me tell you my story. Everybody likes to hear stories. Tell them your story, how you met Jesus and what happened. Everyone's different. But when you do it, you have a captive audience, audience, and you never know what the Holy Spirit will do with other people being saved. So I want to encourage you, you have a testimony. And every time you do it, you are overcoming by the blood of Jesus Christ. If you believe it, say amen. Amen. So share your testimony. We all, they're all different. All of ours are different. So, um, so anyway, I became friends with coaches because, like, in high school, I played football. I played basketball. Um, so I became friends with coaches at E.C. Glass. Long story short, uh, the coach asked me to come talk to the kids. I talked to the kids at E.C. Glass football team, got my sneakers and sweatshirts on and right on the field, out there on the field. Not in the church. Now, I love being in the church, but I just can't stay in the church and just do church only. I have to be outside. I have to talk. I have uh, something just drives me. I have to, the, that love won't keep me quiet. That love won't keep me quiet. How can, it's almost like, it's almost like I found the cure of the disease that's plaguing the world and uh, I have it in my pocket. I got cured, but I just take the, let's say it was coming pill forms. It's in pill forms, but I take the, it's the cure for all of the rest of the world. But I take the pill form and bring it inside the four walls of the church and put it up here with pastor and say, if anybody in the world wants to get cured, you have to come to our church and then get the pill or the gospel, you get me, the gospel, right? And you have to get it inside the church only. You have to come. Well, they dying outside. And we got the cure. I got the cure. I cannot. To me, that's like criminal. To keep it here, inside, right here. Well, yeah, I think I think we like to be in control. You have to come to me. See, you got to know. You got to come see me now. I'm the big man right here. You got to come. You know what? And I'm not coming out there, uh, you know, because I want to be seen. You got to come see me. That's not the love of God. Uh, we have to share the gospel, the gospel, the cure. So I have to take it. I, I'm sorry, Pastor. I'll be back. You know, and I, hey, 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 I got something for you. Take this. Take this here. Take this. Take this. Spread it around. Spread it around. People are dying, and people need to hear what you have to say. Amen. Amen. So praise Jesus. So now I've been invited to E.C. Glass football team. Football coach said, we got Richard Smith. I want you to, hey, boys, 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 here's, he's here. Give him your undivided attention. I just simply tell my testimony. And after that, I give an altar call. 70, about, not 70, 97% of the hands go up. I have it on film on my phone showing it to Sam. He saw it. This is the real deal. It's on my phone. Evidence, the real, what I'm talking about. 97% of the young boys' hands going up, they're repeating a sinner's prayer, asking Jesus to come in, forgive them, and come into their heart, make them born again. Hallelujah! Hallelujah! Glory to Jesus! Glory to Jesus! Then after that, after E.C. Glass, 
Coach Smith from Appomattox heard. And somebody told me about Coach Smith. Coach Smith asked me to come to Appomattox. I come to Appomattox. The same thing now. It's like a dream is coming to pass. And I don't feel like that. I'm, I know I'm not doing it. Only thing I'm doing is sharing my story. And then next thing I know, I don't know if they're going to, they can sit down and say, no, I don't want to raise my hand. Because I tell them that we're all free moral agents. That means you're free to choose yay or nay. And we make that clear. You don't have, there's no force here. And we do that. Here we go again. 90% of the hands, the boys going up. Yes, I want to receive Jesus Christ. It's blowing me away. At Appomattox. Now, we also have youth pastors, a group of youth pastors working with us. That's why we have Kalihi. Am I saying it right? Kalihi from here. Other, other um, youth pastors from Tree of Life, from Ramp Church. We all got together. And they said, okay, you do the evangelizing. We'll do the follow-up and the discipleship. We have a little booklet, and it's the Holy Spirit, after I saw people getting saved, I said, Lord, whoo. He said, write up a little booklet called, and name it, I'm saved, now what? Because people, you know, have, in their mind, have those questions. What do I do now? I just accepted Jesus, you know? Well, guide them in this booklet and tell them, just like you, what I did to you, show them, welcome to the family of God. Now, Jesus said, just like Ron showed me, you got to be water baptized. I said, yes, sir. I put it right in the book. You be water baptized, show the scripture. I show the scripture about what, baptism of the Holy Spirit. Then I show the scripture about Jesus being said, be disciple in the local church. And then in the back of that, there is an uh, information card in the last page of the booklet with your date, name, email, address, all of that. And if you've been saved for the first time or rededication, and we ask them, we give them pencils, well, the youth pastors, after I lead in prayer, then I say, hold on, the youth pastors have something. They pass them out, pass out the pencils. We tell them to fill that back page out, rip it out, give the back page to the youth pastors. They keep the booklets. That's what we do at every school. And then the youth pastors, they do the follow-up call. Isn't that a wonderful system? I do the evangelism. They do the discipleship and the follow-up. And so it's a win-win situation. So then, ladies and gentlemen, we went, for, went from Appomattox. Then somebody um, told me about Rustburg High School. Yes, sir, I'll go to Rustburg. Went to Rustburg. Now I'm seeing, I'm starting to think, I know the Holy Spirit is going to touch these kids again. So we might as well get ready, guys. We still pray. We still have to ask God to do it. Even though we do our part in the natural as humans, we go. He said go, so we go. We preach, so he, he said preach, so we preach. And we share. And then he kicks in. The supernatural kicks in, and the kids, they just start going like this. Yes, I want to. And they were sitting down, then they stand up. Some of them stay seated because we let them know it's no force. Some of them just stay seated, you know. And then they come up to me afterwards and say, I was seated, brother, because I'm already saved. I already accepted Jesus. I say, great, you know. And so we went from Westbury High School. Of course, somebody, one of the youth pastors, email, uh, text me. Brother, I know the, the head coach at Gretna High School. Would you come to Gretna? Yes, I'll come to Gretna. Let's do Gretna. I'm texting the other youth pastors. And, and then we also, because of the youth pastors here in Lynchburg, some of them can't make Gretna. Then I start contacting the, youth, the churches in Gretna. And some of their youth pastors come out. And we go to Gretna. Same thing. I have it on my phone. I, as proof. I'm not, what I'm saying to you guys, I'm not making this up. It's on my phone. I can show it to you. And um, 
97% of the hands, I mean, their hands, they said, Dear Lord Jesus, I, I, I'm a sinner. I believe. I heard the gospel. I believe you died. I believe you rose. I mean, they actually saying this to the Spirit. Again. It happened to me. Why can't it happen to them? Why not? <laughs> it happened to you. Why can't it happen to them? And God used me, and he can use you. We're no different. I'm just talking about a story, what happened to me. I don't have a four-point message from uh, seminaries. You know, God bless seminaries, you know, all of that. But I don't have all of that, and the Holy Spirit still uses it. Hallelujah. Go share. Talk to people. After Gretna, I mean, guys, this is, I've been waiting for this for years. Some uh, assistant coach from Amherst called. Hey, man, we have Amherst in the house. Woo-hoo! Um, Bob Christmas is the head football coach. And assistant coach is named Lanson. And they invited me to come up. They said, yeah, brother, we need this. And I got pictures and videos and everything. I'm showing it to Sam again. And um, 97% of the hands going up again in Amherst. Wow. Hallelujah. Let's praise Jesus. He's doing it. Hallelujah. All hail King Jesus. We give you praise. We give you the glory and the honor, Lord. In Jesus, your precious name. Because he shed his life. He shed his blood. He's the one that made the sacrifice. And Father, we are privileged to be your servants. In Jesus' name, you believe that? Say amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. And, um... So now we're still scheduled. Now I'm about to tell you real quick. I got to wrap it up, um, tell you about what's going on in the future. But um, I'll be in this area for um, another week. And then after next week, maybe next Saturday, um, I'll start. uh, God has opened up a door. While I was doing this, and I was actually going, my wife and I, we was heading to Washington, Washington State, not D.C., but the other side of the country, I was going to drive me and my wife over there um, because her mom, pray for her mom, has fallen ill, and we were going to just relocate and go look after her. And uh, while we were planning for this, um, um, well, let me say this real quick. I'm scheduled for Alta Vista tomorrow, Alta Vista High School and then Heritage High School football team, they said they're bringing the football team and the basketball team. I'm like, wow. You know, so the kids are getting saved, ladies and gentlemen. Glory to Jesus. Amen. The, the youth are getting saved. And we all can participate in the name of Jesus. We all can share in the harvest. The harvest is plenteous. I mean, from coming in praying this morning, that's all I heard was about the evangelism and the harvest and then the songs, everything was like, did they plan this this way, Lord? <laughs> right? So, um, but it's all good. It's wonderful. Right? So they're getting saved. So now we're scheduled for those last two, unless the Lord opened another door. But while Mallory and I was planning, we got U-Haul taking our stuff over. We planned everything. We got on the computer and on MapQuest and Gas Buddy. We already know the route. To, you know, we're going to stop in the hotels on the way, drive eight hours, sleep overnight, drive eight hours, all the way until we get to Washington. Mallory's already there. We apply for jobs there and everything. We got a place and jobs and everything. It's just The Lord is just wonderful. Open doors, right? And um, 
So that's all set. Wow, it's blessing me, right? But I get a call from a favorite ministry of ours. Now, this is a feature that's happening now. While I'm doing this here in Lynchburg, I get, I've been waiting for evangelism for a long time. Let me be honest and show, share my humanness. Um, there's plenty of times that I thought, well, maybe I miss God. And I'm ready to give up on this. There's nothing really to all of this stuff. But somehow, supernaturally, he wouldn't, I couldn't resolve in myself to quit or give up. But I wanted to, but I could, I didn't. I never did. But I'm just, and I, you know, I like that because it's human. And maybe there's someone here that had those thoughts as well. And I want to say to you, don't give up. Don't give up. The, the plan of God will happen at his time. And so while we were planning to go out there, um, Christ for All Nations. I don't know if you guys heard of Christ for All Nations. Uh, evangelist Reinhard Bunke, that's past couple years now. His successor is Daniel Kalinda. They are a international ministry, and they are a big ministry. When Reinhardt was here, just to give you an example, maybe everybody haven't heard of him, but you heard of Billy Graham, right? Raise your hand if you heard of Billy Graham. You heard of Billy Graham. You've seen what God did with Billy Graham, the huge crowds with Reinhardt. In Africa, you can probably fit two of Billy Graham's crowd in one of his crowd in Africa. A lot of people. Big, big, big ministry, right? This ministry, I've applied some time back. They called me while we was planning on going to Washington. We're doing a new thing, and we just selected. We believe in God told us to train up evangelists and send them and uh, train them to be full-time evangelists. Richard, we want you to come down to Orlando, Florida. We want to train you for three months. Leave your job. Leave everything. If you're serious about Jesus, leave everything and come dedicate your life. Come get trained in Orlando, Florida for three months. After three months, we'll send you over to Africa where mass, we'll train you for mass, how to do mass evangelism. I don't claim to know how to do that, but they say they're going to train me to do that. Okay, so they're going to train me to do that and then um, they're going to send us over to Africa to sh- what we learned to put to the field and to do mass evangelism with them, of course, there. But they're going to tra- Then we come back to Orlando and I graduate and get ordained to be a full time evangelist. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah, let's praise Jesus for that. Let's praise Jesus for that. Now, why? Why do you think that is so? Remember, we, we sometimes just focus on the earth or the church or the world, everything that's going on down here. But don't forget about him. Just because, and I'm going to get to that with the phones, just because you can't see him, that doesn't mean he's not there. A real man is there. Now, he have an agenda for the world. And he's working on his agenda. And I believe he touched them. He told them to call people and call Richard. He know our name. He know where Richard Smitherman is. He know I'm in Lynchburg. He know how old I am. He know where I, what, everything about me. And he's working from it. Remember, Stephen looked up and said, oh, I see the heavens open and Jesus standing. Yeah, that same Jesus is still there. And he looking down. He see the service. He see us talking. He see everything. So his agenda is down here. They have a lot. I mean, 
different people from around the country. I don't know, 20 people, 25 people. I'm just one of them. I'm humbled, right? But Mallory and I, we, I mean, we even had, we went through counseling and everything. Because this move, sometimes I feel like we, you know, turn upside down. You know, we're going here and they're calling me there. Where do I go? You know, what do I do? So Mallory, we decided after getting counseling, Mallory can go there, get everything ready for mom and everything. And then I need to go to Orlando. This has been a dream come true for years. You guys know the ones, the people that here that know me. You know, I've been like this for a long time. And this is destiny now. This is destiny. This is providence, the God's providence now. Can't say no now. So, Florida, I'm on my way to Orlando, Florida. Now, um, with that, the yeah, evangelism up there. I don't think, I think that you guys are seasoned. You know the scriptures. Maybe somebody's not. So, I was going to say I don't have to go to the scriptures, but let me go to the scriptures um, this morning. I'm just now starting to preach. <laughs> Hallelujah. What an introduction. No, I'm just joking. But let's go to the scripture, the word of God. And in Romans, if you have your Bibles, you can turn to Romans. Just a couple of scriptures real quick, and we're going to wrap it up. Romans chapter 10, let me, Romans chapter 10, I'm in Acts already, let's get to Romans, all right, Romans chapter 10, Uh, we're flipping our pages, if you're there, say amen, if you're not there, say hold on, oh, you're there, okay, Romans chapter 10, and starting with verse number 13. Paul speaks here and says, whosoever, whosoever, for whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. But then Paul says this. Paul says, how then shall they call on him? I have the King James um, in whom they have not believed. He's asking a series. He's asking a Roman church, the saints, asking them a series of questions. Then he goes on and says, how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? Then he asks another question. And how shall they hear without a preacher? He's continually asking all of these questions. And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good news. And that's the scripture verse. So, um, in this scripture verse, you know, Paul is asking the church questions. And I'm asking you, the church, the same questions. How? I think we already know the answer, but let's just go through it for the sake of somebody who may not, okay? So, um, Jesus has done what he come to do, right? He came, died, and and shed his blood, sacrifice came from heaven. Now, where everything is perfect, and he's being worshipped, and everything, you know, and he came down to a fallen world, and he sacrificed, gave his life, so he died, we know the story. He was buried, rose, he took the keys in hell, he had the victory. Remember, Jesus Christ has never lost a battle. The Jesus we're talking about, some people think Jesus is a weak Jesus. I'm here to tell you the Jesus of the Bible 
Oh, he don't ask questions when he get to hell. He just took over. He comes to conquer. This is the Jesus that we worship. And he still never, he didn't, he didn't lose a battle in heaven. Remember, one of the songs says, I saw Satan cast out like lightning. It's only, I love the songs, by the way. I saw Satan cast out like lightning. Yes. Jesus, matter of fact, Jesus is so superior. Some people try to put Lucifer and Jesus, you know, side by side. Oh, please. Jesus didn't even fight Lucifer. He told Michael, take care of my lightweight. Jesus just watched. He said, I saw Lucifer fall like lightning. I, I mean, Michael handled that. Michael and his boys, his crew, they uh, take care of him. Jesus is not, um, Lucifer is nowhere near Jesus. We just, Jesus' name scares Lucifer. Just his name. Just call on the name of Jesus. He know. And so Jesus didn't lose a fight in heaven when he came down to earth. He never lost a battle. Every time he came across the devil, he said, how long has this been going on? He said, oh, it's been going on 13 years. Jesus said, okay, devil, out. They go. They said, Jesus, you are the son of God. Yeah, get out. He don't ask questions. Get out. This is the Jesus of authority in Jesus' name. And so in heaven, he didn't lose. On earth, he didn't lose. When he died, his soul went down to hell, right on the canvas of hell. A one-on-one, -on -one, Jesus and Lucifer squared off face-to-face -face, like David and Goliath. It wasn't a long battle at all. It's just as uh, Satan and, and the big demons behind Lucifer, the little ones, the medium, they're all behind Lucifer. Jesus comes down into hell. You know, it's written. You know, it says the, the heel of his foot. You guys know the scriptures? What happened? With the heel of his foot, one kick to the head of Lucifer, down goes Satan. That's it. The keys fall. He's on the ground. One, the, the, all the other demons looking like, uh, anybody want anything to do with Jesus? No. He just knocked out our fierce leader. Lucifer is on the ground. Wow. If he did that to Lucifer, what would he do to me? All the devils are fleeing Jesus. Hallelujah. And Jesus, only thing he'd do is in royalty, go and pick up that key ring and preach the gospel to the souls in hell. And he led them all captive back to resurrection, back to earth again. Made an open shame over all of those principalities and powers. All hell, King Jesus, you are the Lord of heaven and earth. If you believe it, say amen. Hallelujah. Jesus is Lord. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ is Lord. And so now, Jesus has ascended. He sent his Holy Spirit to the church. All of the people are being saved everywhere. But the church must understand the purpose of, here, of us being here on earth. The mission. What is the mission of the church? We have to do what Jesus says. Go. Go to the highways and the byways. Go into all the world. Spread the gospel to everyone. Because this is a matter of, of heaven and hell. Jesus, it's a matter of agape love for souls. It's a matter of unconditional love for the salvation of mankind. If you believe it, shout amen. Amen. Hallelujah. This is what we have to be busy with. 
Yeah, all the other things are great as we prioritize, but this must be number one. This must be number one. And so we must remember, I thought that God was adjusting to me and my will. Stinking thing, you. I had to learn, no, I'm adjusted to him and his will. I have to change my thinking, be renewed in my mind. Well, I think it should go like this, God. Oh, you're treading on dangerous waters. You and your opinion. We must hear the word, see the word, and believe it by faith, and then just just step out on it. Even if you feel some kind of way, just to, he will be pleased with your, I'm doing, Lord, you said step out. Just step out. I know we all have fears and all of those butterflies, and it's normal. Step right through the butterflies. Step out. And you will see what Jesus can do. Hallelujah. You will see how he can use even us. Hallelujah. So, Paul's asking the questions. How? How can they? How can they? How can they? How can they? So, long story short, we all know that we all can do our parts. It's a win-win situation we're in, saints. So, you have testimonies. You can share your testimony at your job, on the street, in Walmart, on the corner, wherever. Right? And you can do it locally because he wanted locally. He wanted abroad and he wanted around the world. So how do we do that? We have to figure this out. That's why Paul is asking questions. How can they? How? He's asking. He wants you to involve yourself. How are we going to get the gospel out? How? How are they going to hear the gospel? Okay, Jesus said whosoever. That means the whole world, all the nations around the world, all of the races, all of the languages, all of the people, the flags, they all have to hear the gospel. Jesus has ascended. Now, it's our job. We have to get busy. We are, we are smart people here. We know how to problem solve, figure things out. Amen. And so all of us are different. We all have ideals. We put them together. Okay, so we here at the local church. All right, we got Pastor Willie and we got Cornerstone now. Now, everybody can't go overseas now because then what's going to happen to the church? So, okay, we can't do that, right? So we got to be smart about it. Okay, how we go? We can split up some people. Oh, we can send some people God has made evangelists and they have a testimony. Well, why don't we send them and then the rest of us stay here? Well, how are they going to go? I mean, how much is the plane ticket? What do you think? Walk across the water? Walk on the water like this? How they go? We got to figure this out. This is what Paul is saying. How? How? I want you guys to be practical. In other words, let me get right to the point. It takes money. <laughs> it takes money. So with that, with that said, Christ for all nations can't pay for anything for me. I have. They say you go. You're an evangelist, so you have to begin to operate like an evangelist. We raise our own money, you start raising your own money. So here am I before you now. I want to be an extension of the local churches. Hallelujah. I've been here in Lynchburg. I want you guys to work with me and I'll work with you. You may not be able to go because God and his church, God have goers and then he have senders. So I can go. If I'm sent, <laughs> if I have the prayer support of the church, 
I believe prayer support is more important um, in my estimation. I believe finances can get me to Africa, but when I go there with juju and all of the hostile witchcraft and all that, all of that, finances can get me there, but only the backbone of prayer will keep me there with victory. Amen. So I need intercessors. And with intercessors and with finances, we will see breakthrough and we will see many souls get saved and they will be rerouted from hell and turned to going to heaven. In Jesus' name, if you believe that, shout amen. Amen. Souls being saved from heaven back to heaven, from hell going to heaven. And so we have to work together. And I'm asking you, I'm here. You ask. You have not because you ask not. I'm asking for prayer support, and I'm asking for financial support. So with that in mind, I share this good news. With, I started with my pastor first. I go to Tree of Life Ministry, so I sat down with Pastor Mike. Um, I took my computer. Look, Pastor Mike, they, they've accepted me. Here's the acceptance letter. They got a, uh, I got a Zoom video from Daniel Kalinda. I showed all of it to Pastor Mike. And when I was finished, he said, okay, Richard. He said, I don't know much about them. He said, but I know you. He said, um, we're not going to give you $8,000. It costs $8,000, 85 total. 4000 for the training in Orlando for three months, 4500 for airfare and trip to Africa and back. So 85 total. So Pastor Mike said, Richard, we're not going to give you $8,000. But what I will do, he said, I will go to the board and we'll, give, we'll set up a match fund. Because you're right, we want you to work. You need to raise money yourself. You put your hands to the plow. He said, whatever you raise, we'll match it. We'll help you get to your goal. You will go to Africa and you will do what God says to do. So, and we, so he said, we'll match. So what does that mean? If it's 8500 so I need to raise, what, $4,250, right? The math people here, yeah, hey, you know. I already have 2000 guys. I already have 2000 We, I'm, I just believe it's already done. So in this way, I, I like this because Paul is saying we are all one big team. We, there's goers and then there's senders with financial and prayer support. And so you, I can do my part, you can do your part, and, and we'll all rejoice with the angels together as we see some more souls getting saved and discipled in local churches in Jesus' name. So with that um, uh, said... I um, I have a I don't know Pastor I have I sent a letter to Pastor uh, Taylor and then I sent it to you Sam did you get the letter what the, what I have is a letter I don't know how we'll do it but only thing I know is two ways I wrote up a letter of the mission and I have on there um, um, explain everything dates and who what when how where and then I have ways to give Zell. Venmo, Cash App, all of that on there. But there's also another way. Pastor Mike said that we have set up at Tree of Life. If people want to give a check, they can just send it to Tree of Life, put Richard Smitherman on the memo, and they're going to collect all the checks, and then they're going to send me off to Orlando. And so um, you can do that if you like to. Um, But we need your prayers, and we need your financial help. So um, I can, I don't know, I can, if we have, if I have people's email, I can send them the letter or you guys can 
raise the offering and then send it to Tree of Life or whatever, how, whatever works the best. But we will be doing it together. And I will be working on, um, I'm, I have someone helping me with all of the technology. To, um, we're showing short clips of what God is doing around the schools here in Central Virginia. And we're working on getting that on Facebook and whatever the Snapchats and all of the other chats, whatever, they <laughs> you know, all of those things. So she's a real good tech person and she's helping me get that. And so it'll be out there. But um, the church can be very involved with obeying Jesus by sending the preacher out to witness and share the gospel. And God will, I believe God, in this time of COVID, don't forget God. With God, all things are possible. I know people are, are, are you know, COVID has swept across this world. And people, the numbers go down a little bit because of all of this. But don't worry, because the church is still active. And by God watching our obedience, and we know you can't go, but you still got involved and you sent Richard. That pleases God, and God can add to the church daily such as to be saved. If you believe that, say amen. He can do it. He can do it. So I encourage you to participate with evangelism, soul winning, missions. I, 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 I just encourage you to get involved with that. Believe God and continue to pray. And we together will see and rejoice what God can do in the lives of people around the world. Amen. Thank you, God. Bless you. Thank you for this time. I enjoyed myself. I feel like I'm at home. Um, every time I'm at, you know, when I'm out and about, that's in the world. But when I'm in a church, I feel like I'm among my, my people. <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm, this is the church. And I, I, I'm very thankful for, for Willie, for Pastor Willie, you guys having me. And Sam, longtime friend. And you guys are a church of discipleship and evangelism yourself here. So we're partnered together. And let's just do the best we can before Jesus comes back. We're not the type of people that's sitting around in a box in the corner of the church singing kumbaya, saying, Jesus, hurry up and come back because I'm scared. No, that's not the saints. <laughs> She's laughing. <laughs> saints, you have the cure. You have the pill, the gospel, the gospel. Share what you just, the way you are. Your testimony is not, not, not like mine. Mine is not like yours. We don't need to compare each other's. Just use what God, how God made you and how God saved you. Compared to other people, to the lost, they have no testimony. So your testimony would be like, they were listening to Apostle Paul. You did what? Jesus did what? You gave your life to who? What? Can I do that? Yes. We all overcome by our testimony. Oh, I can talk all day. But, so, I mean, now, last thing is this. I didn't forget the cell phone. Remember I said this? Remember this guy's cell phone? Okay, can I test them, Pastor Willie? Can I test them? Put them to the test. I want to show you how easy it is. Perhaps this, I know I don't want to take advantage that everybody here is Christian because you sit it in a church. As we know that's not the case, right? That's not right. That's not true, right? I had somebody at Tree of Life, uh, Tree of Life, big church, and 
A lot of people, and Pastor Mike was fired up, giving an altar call. Hands was going up, and they were going forward to get saved. And I was in the back. Me and my wife, we were sitting back in the high-rise. We were just looking. And I saw up here a young lady. Her hand went up, and then it went down, and it, went, it kind of did like that. And I'm thinking the Holy Spirit says, go, go, go talk to her. Richard, go talk to her. And so I just gently went down to her and while because people were going forward to pray. And I was just going to say, you know, it just looked like she was hesitant. And now if you want somebody to walk with you to the altar, I will, you know, help you do that if that's okay. So I went to her and, and you know, said, said to her, I saw your hand go up. And then she was like, who are you? She was like, what? She was like, oh, yeah, it did go. She said, she said oh, don't worry about it. I'm good. And I said, you're good? What do you mean? She said, oh, yeah, I just thought of it. I'm in church. I said, what do you mean she's in church? She said, I'm, well, I'm not outside with the world with those sinners. She said, I'm good because I'm in church. I'm thinking, oh, well, you got to be saved, you know. And I talked to her about salvation. And she went, excuse me? She got offended. And I said, I'm so sorry. And I just turned it around and just, you know. Three months later, three or four months later, me and my wife sitting on the other side, someone, she was different, and I forgot about her. She came up to us, came up to me like this, and I was like, okay, sweetie, who is this? I don't know. You know, she said, remember me? And I was going, no, who are you? She was like, I'm the young lady that you talked to at three, you know, and I said, oh, yeah, remember? And she, Mallory was like, yeah. And so she said, can I tell you what happened? I said, please, please. She said, when you talk to me, I did get offended. I got in my feelings because I'm in church. And, and if you go to church, you're, you're right with God, you know. And so she said, I went home. My dad is like an elder in another church. I don't go to his church. And I told my dad, I told my dad on you. You know, dad, this man came out. It's a true story. Dad, dad, this man came to me and, and talked to me, said he wanted to walk me down to the altar and everything, and, and, and to get saved and everything. And she said, my dad said that you were right. And so I said, Real, what, really, dad? She said, yes, dad said that man was right. You should have gotten it. She said, oh, my. She said, I went back to Tree Life the next Sunday. Pastor Mike gave another altar call. She went right to the altar. She said, I just wanted to come and tell you, thank you, but you were right. I meant to tell And I said, wow. And I said, can I work with you? And can we make a, a like a video or something, a testimony video of that? She got saved, but she thought just because she was sitting in church, she's automatically right with God. That's the first, that's a big, big mistake, ladies and gentlemen. That's a big mistake. So I'm I'm not trying to embarrass anyone, put anyone on 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 front street or blast or whatever they say nowadays. But um, when it comes down to your soul, as an evangelist, I want to encourage you. We must make full proof. We must be sure, and there is a way to be absolutely sure. Jesus did not say. Whosoever call on the Lord may might be saved. He said, Whosoever call on the Lord will be saved for sure. And we're going to, in a couple of minutes, we're going to give this opportunity to you. And I'm not just going to assume that everybody's sitting in this church is born again. Now, if you're not ashamed of the gospel, you're not ashamed of Jesus, even in church. Jesus will not be ashamed of you before his heavenly father. Amen. So 
Now may I test you and show you how simply easy it is to put your faith in Jesus. Hallelujah. Everybody have a cell phone. Here's the test. I said I was going to test you. We have a cell phone. We have a computer. Now let me ask you intelligent people, how does this computer system work? Is it true that if Richard Smitherman opened up a laptop, punched in an address in Los Angeles, California, way on the other side of the country, punched in an address in Los Angeles, California, he can see an image come up and I can see right on the streets of Los Angeles to see exactly live what's going on in Los Angeles, even though I'm here in Lynchburg, Virginia. Is that true, class? Yes or no? Oh, you said yes. Good, good. They're smart people here. Okay, now here's the next question. How does that work? Say it out loud. You got, what? Oh, Pastor, they they started off good, but now we're kind of a little sketchy here. How How do I see a picture of Los Angeles on the computer? Say it again. Live stream. Okay, we're making some progress. Anybody else? Come on, guys. You guys know the answer. Say it again. Say it again. Satellite. Okay, if you believe it works through satellite, raise your hand, your right hand. Oh, we have some people. She's down there going like this. Yes, maybe no, maybe so. I don't know. Really? So she said satellite. She said, yeah, okay, see, we got to work with it. We got to work here. All right. So is it true that there are... Um, now, let me get it right. Cell towers that from the phone and the computer bounce off the cell towers, bounce on a satellite that bounce in Los Angeles, California, and that's how we get that image. Is that true, yes or no? Let, let, no, I need to be specific. If you believe that, raise your right hand. So if you don't, I'm looking for people's not hands. Y'all don't believe that happens that way? You don't believe it. There's no satellite. You're not sure. Okay. We, we can see. Now, you see what I mean? Even in the natural, I'm here to tell you I'm not a science or a tech guy, but the satellite is up there. This is, if, this, if it wasn't up there, I'll guarantee you when you go to turn this phone on, it will remain black. It would not work. It would not work. Is that right? It was, this is reality. Brother Richard is talking reality now. Ground zero. It will not work. Satellite is up there. And see, this is the problem. It's the problem, but it's a good problem. I want to just share and educate that what I'm talking about is I'm talking about real evidence. There's a satellite up there. They hook it on a, uh, I'm not even a tech person, but I at least know this. They put it on a rocket, and you know the rocket, five, four, three, two, that's how it gets up there. Raise your hand if you believe it. Yes, that's how it happens. About 99% of the hands went up. Okay? So, um, yeah, it's up there. Now, here's the test, Pastor. You ready? Here's the test. I think I want to get all A's, guys. Come on. All right. If you walked outside and you looked up in the sky, would you be able to physically see that satellite in the heavens? Yes or no? Say it loud. Yes or no? No. But the question of all questions, 
but you believe that satellite is there. Yes or no? Yes. Hallelujah. So now, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to share with you. The Bible says I'm trying to encourage everyone to put their faith in this man, not a figment of our imagination, not a religion. I'm not talking about Christianity. I'm not talking about church. I'm not talking about pastor. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about putting faith in an individual man. His name is Jesus. Hallelujah. He's the one. He has ascended, and he's sitting on the right-hand side of the Father. Now, the thing is this. Do you think that mankind and all of his smarts and his intelligence, and man is smart, but not smarter than God. Is man so smarter than God that he can take a rocket, a satellite and put it on a rocket and have it going around in an orbit? And God Almighty can't take his son in Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. You can look it up. I'll say it again. Acts chapter 1, verse 9 through 11. The Bible says that Jesus was, had already risen from the dead. Jesus met his the apostles in Galilee. Oh, I love this scripture. Jesus was standing there, and I can imagine the apostles going, Wow, we've seen him hang on the cross. We saw the blood. We saw him hang his head and died, and all of our hopes and dreams went down with him. We saw them take him off the cross, and he was buried. But then here he is. He's risen again. Wow, just as he said it. And that was a miracle, the resurrection. They experienced and witnessed it, right? I think they're looking at the scriptures over there. Is that what they're doing? Amen. I knew it. <laughs> Hallelujah. Look it up. Check me out in Jesus' name. Is it there, though? Read it, please. Acts chapter 1. Acts chapter 1. Verse 9. 10 through 11, 9, 10, and 11. All right, if you do it, if you hurry up and do it in five seconds, if you can get it, I'll let you read. But if not, oh, Acts chapter 1, verse, who, wow, who's doing it? <laughs> yeah, read it right there. Yeah. Ten, verse 10, go ahead, read it, sister. It's there. All right, one more verse, verse 11. Keep reading, sister. You're doing good. Mm. Yes. Yes, go into heaven. So this happened live. Ladies and gentlemen, I just just work with me, okay? Use your sanctified imagination. Can you imagine Jesus? They are all there watching him. He is risen from the dead in all of his glory. I guess, wouldn't you guys agree they probably was looking like this? <laughs> Would you agree with me? They probably, we just saw him on the cross. But, but Peter, I think that, that is him, right? Isn't it Peter? Yeah, that's him. We're looking at him. Yeah. And what, so he risen from the dead. Can you imagine if they're already in that state? All of a sudden, he start hydroplaning move, and start going up, rising up. 
ascending right before they are. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What, what would you do if you was there? <laughs> if you was there looking at them like this all of a sudden? I would imagine my sanctified imagination. I would imagine they. I would imagine they probably went like this. They, you know, they shoulders and shoulders. They probably went, whoa, hey, hey, what? oh, what's going? Whoa, Peter, look, 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 he going up. Jesus, like, oh, is this happening, John? Look, I know I'm looking at it. Yeah, well, wow, the miracle of all miracles. And he's talking to him, go into all the world and preach. You know, he's going floating up into the sky. Wow. And so Jesus ascended up, and he went so far up that he went between the clouds, went through the first heaven, he went past orbit, he went to the third heaven, and he's at the pinnacle of the third heaven and seated at the right-hand side of God as a real man, flesh and blood. You believe it? Say amen. This is where I want to point your attention to. He's the one. The man, Jesus Christ, he's there, and he can see you and me. And now, just as you believe that that satellite is there, all you have to do is put your faith in Jesus that he's there. Isn't that simple, guys? Yeah. And see, now we're talking not some pie in the sky. We talk, the Bible says, now faith is the what? Evidence. Wait, wait a minute. Evidence? Of things hoped for, the substance, say it, mom got it over here, the substance of things not, the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. Substance, evidence, it says substance. What do you mean substance? This is substance. This is not a figment of my and your imagination, ladies and gentlemen. That's evidence. That's a real chair. And that's what I'm preaching to you this morning. A real Jesus. I'm not talking about a play Jesus, a, a, the wrong Jesus, the American Jesus. I'm not talking about these all of these other Jesus. I'm talking about Jesus Christ of Nazareth who hung on the cross and died. The same man who was buried. The same Jesus who rose again. The same man who ascended into the heavens. He's here. He's here. If you believe it, say amen. Now, I want to show you, it's that simple to put your faith in Jesus. May we say a prayer now, Pastor? Would everybody bow your heads now, close your eyes, in respect to Jesus Christ, if we can all do that. Now, we're all family, so there's no one embarrassed or ashamed. You may be here, we call uh, a 50-50 Christian. I'm not saying this to embarrass anyone, but a 50-50 Christian is a, uh, a Christian that goes out to the club all week and curse and they drink like the sailor. And then when Saturday night comes, they become religion and then they shake themselves and they put on their clean clothes and they come to church and get on the praise and worship and they, be, they are Christian. So they're Christian, and then when uh, the service is over on Sunday, then uh, Monday, from Monday through Saturday again, they go back down to the other 50, and they live in like uh, people would never know that they are Christian. And that's okay. We've all been there. If you are here, and you have, you have backslidden, and you know you could be in church, but that doesn't mean you have a connection with this Jesus, this man Jesus Christ I'm referring to. 
If that's you, or maybe you may be here and you've uh, never accepted Jesus Christ into your heart before. If that's you, God loves you. We're not here to judge you. We're not looking at you. No one's embarrassed or ashamed. Okay, but it's very important to get your soul right with Jesus. And if you can put your simple faith in this Jesus Christ, he will stretch forth his nail-pierced hand and touch you and embrace you and accept you just as you are. Just put your faith in Jesus. Don't be ashamed. Step out and receive him this morning in Jesus' name. With that said, I'm going to count to three. And if you want to step out with Jesus, we will receive and pray with you and lead you to Jesus Christ this morning. But do be bold and don't be afraid in the name of Jesus. I'm going to say when I get to three, just put your right hand up to Jesus Christ if that's you. One, two, three. Raise that right hand if you want to be saved. You want to receive Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. If that's you. I knew this would happen. No hands are up. And I was hoping that would be the case. But you just never know. Okay. So, Father, bless Pastor Willie and the saints here at Cornerstone. Lord, I thank you for evangelism. And I thank you for you give them, Lord, to be equipped and boldened. And, Lord, to uh, step out and share their testimony in the community of Lynchburg, Virginia, and use them, Father, I pray. And, Lord, use them, Lord, to share their own testimony. I pray that you use them to send me over to training and over to Africa. And I pray that you add to the church here at Cornerstone daily, Lord, such as should be saved and help the church. Jesus, you are the one who said that I will build my church. You said that, and the gates of hell will not prevail. And so, Father, the word build means to equip, to embolden, to, Lord, to, to, to undergird. So undergird the leadership, Pastor Taylor, Sam, undergird all of the leaders here. And, Lord, I pray that you bless all of the families here and all of the saints, Lord. Build your church like you said you would, and we'll be careful to give you the praise, the glory, and the honor. I ask that you to use all of us, Lord, in such a way that everybody will know and see that the excellency of the power may be of you and not of us. We ask all these things in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.